Hello, everyone, and welcome to this special edition of our podcast series created by us here at Broadsword called Be Listening. Our guest today is our very own Ben Hawken. He's joined us live from New York to talk about the launch of our U.S. office. Welcome, Ben. How does it feel to be out and about traveling again? Well, it feels great. It feels lovely to be back in New York. I haven't been here for a couple of years and... Um... You know, New York was hit very hard by the pandemic. Anybody who spent time in Manhattan, you'll realize you're never far away from another person. So um, it, it spread very quickly here and it's great to see it recovering and getting back on its feet. So, uh, yeah, it's great to be here. Ben, you've worked with Broadsword as a core part of our UK team for a number of years now. Can you give us a bit of a snapshot of your career working in global events and perhaps any highlights from events you've produced in the U.S.? Yes. Um, well, I've had a long and varied career of work in the U.S. I started, um, I went to high school in Los Angeles and then went to UCLA for a bit. And that was when I, that was my first experience in the late 80s. It was like a John Hughes film at the time. Mm -hmm. It was like Ferris Buller's Day Off or something like that. So, um, uh, from there, I, I then worked um, uh, for record labels. I was a tour manager, so for Capitol Records in the US and then EMI in, in the UK, and uh, got to see the world and tour around the States. And then I flipped over onto the uh, the more kind of corporate side. I started touring, uh, doing road shows and filming, which is what I studied at UCLA, for companies like McAfee, who were mm -hmm. the internet security company. Uh, they were based out of Silicon Valley. So that's quite an exciting time when lots of those dot-com companies were starting up and doing work there. Then along the way, um, done launches for Google on Sunset Boulevard, produced adverts, um, filming in Hawaii, diving with sharks, filmed in the Grand Canyon, uh, produced film sets, um, for Warner Brothers, these were used for advertising down on Hollywood and Vine. They used to build these sets. We did them for Ready Player One, um, the It movie. We built the It house. And uh, these were experiences that people could go in sort of to promote the films. Um, and also worked on one of the largest contemporary art shows. This was a couple of years ago, 2017. It was 125,000 square feet of space which we produced with no wow. kind of, we had investors, but no kind of funding or anything from the art world. All the money was raised by the kind of central team. And that was, that was absolutely crazy. Yeah, it's a massive kind of hit. We had people like Drake and Usher and Gary Oldman, Frank Geary, Mini Driver, mm -hmm. all these kind of stars came out. And I think in, um, in three months, we had about 80,000 people come through to that show. And I think at the time, it had the most internet traffic with anything kind of connected to art. It was like, yeah, it's a pretty big show. Um, so, yeah, in the US, worked on a vary of corporate work, artistic projects. Um, my kind of driving thing with anything is, is it going to be fun? Is it going to be interesting? Am I going to like the people I'm working with? That sounds amazing. <laughs> so, yeah, so uh, it's been, a, been an interesting ride, yeah. This is such an exciting time for Broadsword. Can you expand on what fueled Broadsword's decision to open an office in the States? And where do you think we can add value and what helps us stand out? 
So I think the majority of our clients that we work with, they, they are global companies. So they're operating um, in Asia and where we now have an office set up in, in Hong Kong, uh, across Amir, where we kind of service through the London headquarters and North America. But we also do quite a lot of work in South America as well. So it made sense that we reflected that and we had a, a uh, kind of footprint in in each of these areas and even though we work in a in a very global way and you're saying do you actually have to be there because we can all kind of jump on zoom calls and we can have conversations i think having that close it, it's really important for us to understand the needs of our clients and being able to move quick and manage project projects closer and not be too affected by different time zones um, sometimes we need to go and visit spaces um, and understand the particular challenges of each market. And I think you can only really get close to those things when you actually have that connection, you have that footprint in that area. It's, it's, there's a lot we can do nowadays mm. by not being in the area, but I still think it's important for, uh, you know, being, being close to where our, uh, our clients are. And I think also as a company, it helps us. It helps us to look bigger it helps us to look globally and then share those ideas with each of the different regions because there's some things you know we talk to the hong kong office and hear about what they're doing what their challenges are and it relates to what we're doing and they might have come up with a solution and we can transfer that over that knowledge with clients and also it's exciting i think for as a company we're always looking for challenges and it's great to feel like we're expanding and that growth and it gives the company an excitement and energy about it and um, yeah, I, th I think looking for new challenges and what we can do better. And we're, we're not on a race to be the biggest agency in the world, I don't think. We're not looking to make the most money in the world. We want to just kind of grow organically in this process. You know, we've not rushed into it at all. So, um, yeah, it feels like a real positive step. And it seems like a step in the right direction. And I think it will give us as a company um, a better understanding but it, um, which in turn will give our clients a better service um what insights can you share on the current climate for planning live events in the u.s is confidence returning to holding in-person events or are there any key trends you've identified there so the thing is we're based our office here is in um new york so you can see that this hit this city was hit really hard by the pandemic and so there is an element of a little bit of it's difficult to say i think it's probably not that different from london in that you know the, the new the us and particularly new york because of it's kind of the history of this city it has an optimum uh, um, optimism and an energy in the city which almost you don't get anywhere else based on the history of this city people pretty much have this attitude that we can get through anything. So there's that kind of pushing forwards, but I still think, you know, we're doing some really great events over here and we're doing, um, you know, mostly there is a hybrid or at least a digital element to everything we do. And I think that will carry on. That's, that's going to be a kind of given. The pandemic was a shove in that direction, but to be honest, we were heading that direction anyway. It just gave it a shove along. Um, and the reason for that is that we're now in a situation where the technology 
is available to make these hybrids and digital meetings exciting and accessible. If we were in the same situation 10, 15 years ago, there just wasn't the kind of bandwidth or the technology to do what we're doing. So that allows us to be um, to be able to shape these meetings in the way that we do. And the other issue that's um, on the agenda is net zero and the, the uh, carbon emissions and sustainability, which in all um, areas that we work in is, is becoming a real mainstream issue, a lot more than it was even just a couple of years ago, which makes it very difficult to be talking about net zero and flying thousands of people around the world for a two day event. Um, so, you know, there, there will there will be a, a purpose still to have those live events, and they still will take shape in some form. But I think we'll, the trend is, and this isn't new for anyone, that there's always going to be have to be an option that people can dial in, or engage in it on a website in a kind of digital element, whether that be a kind of site uh, that was created or some sort of you know watch again on demand access platform or something like that so um and then the other trend i mean i kind of see is that um it's about making things closer and more personal to people and treating them like fully formed complex human beings rather than just employees or or kind of customers mm -hmm. or somebody who's going to buy something from us and just as a commodity and that's kind of shifted over the last couple of years in that I think in a way it was like we were seen as one person in work and one person out of work. So when you were in work, the language that was used and the communication to you in the events and the video were kind of like work mode and then everything else was outside work mode. And now those two things have blurred so much, um, particularly in the last couple of years where we're all sat on devices doing our meetings and doing our work, but these are the same devices that we use to do our shopping and do our entertainment and watch films and you know book our holidays so you know that's blurred and the fact that people have just been working in the same home that you know their their home life and their work life are just blended together because so many people have been working from home so it's treating people as a whole whole kind of person rather than you know this idea that you're yeah. you're one person at work and one person at home so I think probably for us is making stuff like video and making events and the kind of thing I think the holy grail is that you'd want to go even if you didn't have to go you know if it's not mandatory you'd say oh, I really want to go to that it looks great or, I really want to watch that that looks really fun um, and so yeah, yeah uh, they're the kind of two things I'm I'm looking forward to in the next couple of years and how expanding on those on on that note what do you think the future holds for Broadsword in the US? We're all set up here, we're ready to go. It's really exciting because we're recruiting and we're building that team in the US, which um, is great to kind of shape that from, from the beginning really and learn, I think anybody who's worked with us in London know that, and it sounds a cliche that a company is its people and all those things, but <laughs> the culture and the fun and, you know, we take our work seriously. We don't take ourselves that seriously. I think we always want to do the best for the client. Um, I know this is hard. I don't know how you sum up in words about the culture and the attitude and all those things, but all those good points that we have in the Hong Kong office, in the London office, 
and then shaping that team for the US. Uh, so that's really fun and just that growing our client base and and working with them over here. There's a lot to be positive about. Um, so 2022, yeah, it's uh, it's all good. It's really exciting. Yeah, it um, as we are running out of time here, I have one more important question for you. Okay. Where is the best place for cocktails in New York? I'm the wrong person to uh, to answer that. It's really not my field of expertise, so uh, I I don't know. I'm sorry, but I'll, I will go, I will go and I will go and do some research this evening and uh, get back to you. Thanks so much to Ben for taking the time to join us today and a special thank you to all of you listening. If you found this interesting and would like to see more content from us, you can visit our website at wearebroadsword.com or follow our socials at Broadsword Event House on Instagram, LinkedIn and Facebook or Broadsword Group on Twitter. Hope to see you on the next one. Bye for now. <laughs>